You are listening to Supernatural Confessions, where it is a safe place for you to confess all your experiences, be it supernatural, myths, urban legends, superstitions, or even unknowns. And as a team, we'll compile and feature your confessions on our platform. Share with us your story through our Facebook page or website. You just need to search supernaturalconfessions.com. I'm Kim, your host for this podcast series, and now, let's get on to the confessions. There you have it, the new intro for this new episode of Wednesday Podcast. For our regular listeners, you guys might know that we are currently having a season break for our Friday Night Live. But the rest of the show, like for example, our Friday Confession, Confessi Seram, and also this Wednesday podcast is still gonna be on. All our platforms is not just for you to share your stories. If you do have feedbacks as well, or you want to drop in some comments about the contents that we produce, you are most welcome to send it to us as well. So today's first story It's written by Terry Lee, and the title is Ouija Board. What made my late sister buy the Ouija Board? I had totally no idea. She said she got it from an old bookshop near our old house at the former Kalang Airport Estate, most probably for fun or solely out of curiosity, and it didn't cost much. The Ouija board was nothing but just a board made of cardboard with Chinese characters written on it, accompanied by a small Chinese ceramic plate with a small arrow painted at one edge. I have read stories of how powerful and accurate the Ouija board was, as it was supposed to be a spirit or soul of a deceased person summoned by the players to come into a small plate to converse with the participants. It was on a cloudy day when two of my sisters, Belinda and Kathy, my girlfriend Mac, which is now my wife, and I decided to try it out. We burned a joystick and collectively decided to try and summon my dead mum to come and talk to us. The four of us placed one of our fingers each on top of the ceramic plate, which was turned upside down, and followed a small recitalist. As we focused our minds on the plate, and when the joysticks was placed into a port nearby, the plate started to drift by itself. Roughly about two minutes later, none of us were using any force with our fingers. We swayed, but the plate just moved around the board by itself. We verified the identity of the soul inside the plate, and all the questions we asked with regard to our late mother were answered with spot-on accuracy. Her name, her age when she passed away, how many children she had, how many were male and how many were female, how many siblings she had were all answered without a single flow. Then, out of mischief, Kathy asked, is this house of ours haunted? The blade wandered on the board and stopped with an arrow pointing at the word "si," meaning yes. Every one of us was jolted for a moment. Then my sister asked again, Is the spirit haunting this house a male or a female? Then the blade moved again and stopped at none, which is male. How old was he when he died? The small plate drifted again to point at the number 3. Surprisingly, after this question, the plate moved by itself without anyone asking it anything, and it pointed at four Chinese characters. Gang, Kuai, Ban, Jia. One after another in sequence, meaning move house quickly. None of us understood what it was trying to tell us. We had stayed in the house for only slightly more than a year, so how could we possibly move house again? We didn't pursue the question any further, but instead we changed the subject and inquired on her well-being and other unrelated matters. A few minutes later, the plate drifted slowly by itself into the centre area of the board and stopped. Mum's spirit had left the plate. Feeling excited about my mum, 
had just informed us, we decided on the next bold move, and that was to summon the spirit of the boy whom my mum said was haunting our house. We went through the same process of lighting up the joystick, placing a finger each on the ceramic plate and saying the summoning recital one more time. And true enough, the plate moved again after a short time. This time, we used a different approach. I asked in Mandarin, Nisi say, Who are you? The plate moved a few rounds on the board and slowly settled at three words, one after another. Bu Miao Wa. I suspect that was his name. I ask, how old are you? Three. Truly incredible, same as what my mum's spirit had said. And we ask, are you a boy or a girl? None, which is male, was the answer. How did you die? The plate again wandered for a while as if it's trying to find an answer and eventually stopped at two words. Bao shi, which means stone blast or stone explosion. Then my sister Belinda asked, What do you want from us? This time the answer came out really funny. I could still recall vaguely something like rope, shenzi, or gunisek, ma tai, and some other uncommon stuffs which were not easy to remember. After this, the ceramic plate again moved around rapidly on the board for a few seconds, then shifted back into the central circle of the board, indicating that the spirit had left. We tried asking other questions, but the plate stayed where it was and refused to budge. That ended our exploration. Unexpectedly, strange things began happening in the house. My elder brother, my two younger brothers and three sisters all said they heard someone breathing very hard in the house at different times of the day. Sometimes in the day while they were doing their things and sometimes at night when they were lying on the bed getting ready to sleep. They described the sound resembling someone who was short of breath and gasping for air. The breathing was very loud. And they heard it from all over the house, in the living room, in my sister's room, and also in the boy's room, which is my room. I, for one, did not hear anything of that sort. What I encountered was, I heard someone inside my sister's room when all of them were out at work, while I was reading my notes for my exam in the hall. It sounded like someone was trying to search for something inside. I went in to check and confirmed that the room was in fact empty. My dad said he heard my younger sister, Cherry, crying while doing her school assignment inside her room at night. And when he asked her what's wrong, my sister turned around and told him she was concentrating on her studies. She looked normal and was not crying. Not long after her graduation, these younger sisters of mine got married. She had just given birth to her first son and was doing her confinement over at my father's place when she told us that she saw a pair of big and hairy legs standing at the doorway of the kitchen when she woke up to prepare milk for my nephew late one night. She thought was one of my sisters waking up to give her a hand, but when she lifted her head to look up, there was no one at the doorway. Thinking back, she realized that the legs couldn't have belonged to any of my sisters as they were far too hairy. Me and my wife got married soon after and we moved to our house at Tampines. Then came the bad news that no one anticipated. The eldest of my younger sisters, Melinda, the one who bought the Ouija board, was diagnosed to have suffered from acute leukemia. She had just returned from an overseas trip and was feeling unwell when she went to see the family doctor. Noticing that there were black patches on her body, the doctor initially suspected that she had a dengue fever. She wrote a referral letter and sent her to a specialist at the Singapore General Hospital, where it was confirmed that she was suffering from leukemia and not dengue fever after undergoing a few blood tests and bone marrow tests. 
Melinda was scheduled for chemotherapy immediately two days after, as the specialist claimed that her sickness was very aggressive and serious. That meant her hairs fall and her whole body physique became very weak. My second younger sister, Kathy, had no choice but to resign from her job to take care of her, as my mum was already gone and my dad was at a total loss of what to do. Kathy had a hard time dealing with all the household chores and at the same time take care of Melinda's needs. Chemo made her hallucinate and threw up almost every time after taking her meals. Kathy had to wash her and clean up the house very often. At night, scary things also happened in their room. Belinda sometimes awoke in the middle of the night staring blankly into space and shivering with fear. Kathy told us there was once a mechanical clockwork toy which my youngest brother used to play with suddenly started walking by itself. The toy was already left there for a very long time and forgotten by everyone. It needs to be wound out before it could move, but on that particular night, it somehow got out of the box where it was placed and started walking by itself on the floor of the girls' room when everyone was asleep. Very sadly, after less than a year of struggling and fighting with leukemia, my sister Belinda finally succumbed to her illness and passed away in June 1995. Not long after her passing, Katie moved away with her husband to stay in their new home at Woodlands. Cherry went back to her son to her husband at their home, also in Tampines, after her confinement. My elder brother applied for a new flat at Sengkang and moved there with my dad and youngest brother. My other younger brother also got engaged and had his own house. The whole area where the house stood is now vacated due to some upcoming government projects. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions Podcast. If you have your own confession, do share it with us through our website, supernaturalconfessions.com Remember, you are not alone. We really hope that whatever happened to the sisters of Terry Lee has nothing to do with the Ouija board. So fellow listeners, have you ever played Ouija board? Although the Ouija board in the story mentioned by Terry Lee is not the one with ABC, but do you know that one of the first mentions of the automatic writing method used in the Ouija board was actually found in China around the year 1100 AD in historical documents of the Song Dynasty. The next confession that we have comes from Heidi J. And this is about a speeding car and something alongside with it. And the next confession is voiced by Joseph Dakota. Running alongside our speeding car by Haiti J. Back in 1999, I had a Singaporean next-door neighbor who bought a weekend home in Taman Perling in Johor Bahru in the same area as me. He and his family would stop over and rest in their weekend home as they loved traveling up to Malacca or KL the next day for some shopping and R&R. They would start off very early in the morning and typically reach home after midnight. It was some time later when I noticed that my neighbor had stopped going to their property for their usual shopping getaway and I caught up with him one day to ask why. He told me on one of those nights, it was past midnight when they were driving back to Johor Bahru on the north-south highway. They were talking and laughing in the car when suddenly the back seat went quiet and he noticed his mom, dad and his own wife were reciting verses from the Quran. He wondered why, but when he suddenly glanced at his rearview mirror, he realized an old man in white was running alongside his car. He froze for a moment, but kept his composure. The old man was now running alongside him, just beside his car door. He dared not look to his right over his shoulder, fearing he would faint and get into an accident. He was driving at a speed of 110 kilometers, yet the old man following them could keep up. He quickly accelerated to 130 kilometers an hour and turned on the Sura in his cassette radio and thankfully the old man slowed down and disappeared. 
and since then he preferred not to drive at midnight again. Here at Supernatural Confessions, we would like to remind you whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there. After some time being together with the team of Supernatural Confessions, I can say that one of the things that really freaks me out and I hope me, myself, my family and to whoever that is listening be kept away from this, which is black magic. And the next confession is about black magic. And this is written by somebody with a pen name, Last Chapter. Black Magic by Last Chapter Hi Essie, first and foremost, allow me to thank all of you for giving me the courage to share my experiences with my brushes with the unexplainable. Of course, this is my pen name to protect the identity of my loved ones like my kids as they are innocent and are still too young to understand the reality of the world. Secondly, these experiences that I'm sharing here are not in chronological orders. Some had happened during my childhood while some had happened as recent as our circuit breaker period. Today, I'm sharing with all of you one of my experiences which involve black magic. Chapter 1. Regret Sometime around 2015 till 2018. For this incident, I titled it as Regret as it is something that I still keep inside me till this very day. I would try to find the best words possible to reenact my experience as it is a hot pill for me to swallow. This incident involved my ex and me. We have been together since 2008. We ran business together till our fallout in 2015, a year after we got engaged. This incident happened in 2013 to 2015 that everything started to go south drastically. You see, me and my ex-fiancé is like the sky and the earth in the sense that she is a model, an influencer in our industry, the face of the company, while me, I'm just average looking and more to the brands and behind the scene person. When we got engaged, I guess I kind of hurt some people unintentionally. Guys who were eyeing or chasing after her, even her mum was not keen of a daughter to marry me, preferring someone with a stable garment job or not running his own business. Some months after our engagement, my ex gotten to know a guy. This guy was our client's best man and our client insisted that she has to be involved in their special day. To cut the story short, this guy, let's call him Mr. A, became close to my ex and even gotten to know her mum as her mum, at times, comes to our boutique. Her mum got a liking to this guy while my ex find him weird as he seems to always wants to be around even in discussion that he was not to be involved like choosing of the bride's wedding gown and etc. About two Till three months later, I started to see some changes in my ex's behaviour. She confessed to me she keeps on seeing this guy in a dream, but she can't remember much detail. And when we went out, she always says that she smells some perfume that reminds her of him, even though I can't smell anything. Her mum too starts to ask her to avoid me, saying that I use black magic so that her daughter would listen to me even though I know nothing about all of this. Both of us, being modern, brushed it aside as we were during that time about to expand our business into catering and wedding event space. Thus, I was busy covering her in the back end while she attends to other clients. It was somewhere in the fourth or fifth month that I finally get to meet Mr. A together with our client. My ex introduced me to him saying that I'm her fiancé and business partner. Initially, I didn't find anything amiss with him other than he was being nice sometimes, overly nice to me like bringing or buying food for us during meeting and discussion and even volunteered to help out in the couple photoshoot. We became friends. He starts to recommend some of his friends and relatives to be our clients, but that is where it got even weirder. 
My ex started to tell me she keeps on seeing Mr. A standing near the window of her room, smelling his scent. I noticed that she tends to get easily agitated when she can't smell his scent. She would just stare into empty space. And even on our usual lunch break, she won't want to go out with me anymore. She started to really come to my house to visit my parents, citing that my house is humid and she doesn't feel comfortable. Her mom adding that my family added fuel to the situation by saying my family uses black magic. My health and my other businesses started to be affected as well. And out of nowhere, I would get sick and started to lose projects. Chapter 2. The Call one night, my ex called me and said the weirdest thing to me out of the blue while we were talking about something else which I can't quite remember what is it about. She told me to help her if she ever not being herself. And just like that, suddenly, she would stop and resume our previous conversation as though she didn't say anything. I asked her what she meant by help her. She just replied, Huh? As the days goes by, she started to act weird, till even hearing my voice makes her agitated. Based on my staff's info, they told me that she is always with Mr. A and he would fetch her from some distance from the boutique. One day, she told me she loves him, that her family approved of him. And we fall almost every day to the extent that we couldn't work together and I've gotten too emotional. It was such a drastic change. The third chapter, another warning. We have a partnering company in Kuala Lumpur and we have to be involved in one of their projects for two weeks. Thus, we stay at my family holiday home in Bukit Antarabangsa. For the first few days, we didn't talk much. It was only in the fourth or fifth day that she suddenly became her normal self. It is as though Mr. A didn't exist at all, which later on I realised that she was using her Malaysia line and didn't contact him at all during our two weeks of stay in Kuala Lumpur. It was the happiest time since a long time we had together. It was back to normal till we come back to Singapore. Two weeks after, Mr. A came back again to our lives through the help of her mother. Till now, I just couldn't believe that how naive I could be not heeding to the warning of strange changes of my ex's character. It was back like how we were arguing for no reason and she just couldn't stand seeing me. And it went on for another few more months. My mom, who has a sensitive sense to spiritual disturbance and she sensed something is not right with my ex, when she was with her, her hair would stand suddenly and her cheek would be like moving or vibrating. She asked an Ustad for some water to give to my ex, but unfortunately, my ex's mum threw it away, again accusing us for using black magic. And a week later, my ex brought me to one of the Indonesian restaurants at Jurong. It was my birthday week, exactly two years into our engagement. I thought she wanted to celebrate with me, but sadly, she met to return our engagement ring to me. She told me she loves him and gotten the blessing from her parents. I fell to the lowest point in my life. I suffered from depression, which took me two years to recover. I spiraled into depth. I lost my job. I hid myself from social media and places where we used to go spend time together. But I was lucky that my friend took me to work at his company which involved me to travel around the world. I then came back to Singapore till I got married with my current wife in 2018. I was posted in Malaysia and we chose to live at Country Garden Johor Bahru which was nearby for me to come back to Singapore for meeting. And final chapter 2018. I bumped into my ex at Vivo City. We exchanged number and decided to meet up behind my wife's back. She told me she need to clear the air with me. Our second meetup was at Coffee Bean Harbourfront. I remember it was awkward. The women who I once loved and the one that I would die for 
And also, the one who caused me to go into depression is right in front of me. Her first sentence was, I'm sorry. At that point, I was holding back my tears. I know deep down I still love her. But then again, it's all different now. I have my own kids and stepchildren under my responsibility and care. She started to tell me what happened after our breakup. She told me most of her days was blurred. Sometimes she was stared into blank space. She and Mr. A gotten together before we officially end our engagement. She told me she started to have lewd dreams of him after seeing Mr. A or something looking like Mr. A in her room. She also realized that Mr. A perfume was like a drug. But after some time, like if he goes overseas for a week or two, she would start to be thinking about me. She even admitted that it felt different when she was having intercourse with him. She said it doesn't feel like with a human. But then, after two years, they broke up. Somehow, the effect wore off or something. She admits she was too eager to find me back at that time. She shares with me a lot more details, which I won't reveal here out of respect for her. There and then, I broke down. A grown man broke down and cried at the coffee shop. I told her I'm sorry, I didn't understand what she meant. To help her, if she ever not being herself. I was a non-believer to this hawker's pockets at the point of time. How I wish it was possible to turn back time, but I know it is not possible anymore. I have a family now, I have responsibilities. Though I married my wife not out of love initially, but I began to love her as I get to know her day by day in our marriage. If only I knew, or at least took this supernatural a little bit seriously, probably things won't turn out as it is, or probably God know what's best for me. I hope my experience will make a difference to those who might be facing similar situation now. I admit I don't know what kind of black magic Mr. A used or maybe there was no black magic being used at all. But I plead to any of you who is listening to this, who is thinking of using black magic to get someone, please stop. This incident hurt both me and my ex even my mom who dotes on her. It could have been worse if I choose to leave my current family and go back to my ex. The kids would suffer too. Let it be just me to bring this guilt and pain to my grave. I know my ex too. Have not moved on but we respect each other and we have not been contacting each other since our final meetup at Coffee Bean. Hence, that is the end of our chapter. If you wanted to share with us your confessions, feedbacks, comments, or you think there is a way that our contents can be improved, visit us at www.supernaturalconfessions.com and send all of it to us there. We hope all the best for last chapter and his family. We guess whatever it is in the past, let it remain in the past. And also from last chapter's story, we hope our fellow listeners picked up something good from it. Again, like what last chapter mentioned in his confession, if you ever think about using black magic, please stop. The next confession we have, it's from Fadlin Jaya Indra. And the next confession is voiced by Saleh. This story is entitled Shelley Chills by Fadlin Jaya Indra. This incident occurred in the late 90s when my friends and I were a group of teens back then. It was the weekend and we thought it would be a fantastic idea to rent a chalet to chill and relax. The chalet was a retouched colonial-style bungalow in Changi, which overlooked a golf course. My friends and I attended a party that night, and we caught the last bus to the chalet. It was past midnight by the time we arrived at Changi Village Interchange. We then walked towards the chalet, 
While walking towards a chalet, I noticed a kid was playing on a swing under a huge tree. We continued chatting when it suddenly hits me. We were supposed to be the only occupant in that row of chalet. As I glanced towards my friend, he nodded acknowledging that he too saw the boy. Feeling uneasy, both my friends and I recited some verses from the Quran. We have a hunch that what we saw is most likely not a human. As we got closer to the tree, we passed by the swing and noticed that there wasn't anyone on the tree. We quickly make a dash towards our unit and stormed in, much to the surprise of our friends. We were so terrified by the experience that all of us huddled up together on the two twin beds. The next day, when it was time for us to check out, we caught up with the caretaker of the chalet and have a chat with him. During the conversation, the abang asked, Nampak tak budak kecil kat buai-buai with the mum? Translated, Did you see a boy at the swing together with his mum? So apparently the caretaker knew what was happening but chose not to disclose the information to us. The caretaker explained that many years ago, a mum and her son were found dead in one of the units. Many guests reported seeing a kid with his mum on the swing. However, in most cases, they usually did not disturb anyone. Thank goodness the spirit wasn't vengeful and it did not land us into any trouble. Have you seen the boy and his mom before? You are listening to Supernatural Confessions Podcast. If you have your own confession, do share it with us through our website, supernaturalconfessions.com. Remember, you are not alone. In previous episode of Know Your Hantu, we have covered a doll that still has her hair growing. Well, we watch it on movie about Annabelle. Have you ever heard about a story that toy moves by itself or make noises in the middle of the night when everybody else is asleep? Here is a story about it entitled An Old Toy by Dennis. My daughter had a speaking Elmo, and it's a toy that plays a kiddie tune when you press some shapes on the toy itself. Before continuing my story, I wish to say that I am those that will say excuse me when I have to pee outdoors when hiking, camping, or fishing. But at the same time, I am also a very scientific person. Only after I rule out even the slimmest possibility of the scientific explanation, then I would accept it's supernatural. Anyway, back to the story. Sometime in the night, Elmo would start talking when the kids are already asleep and the music box would play by itself in the basket after everyone is resting. There are too many scientific possibilities I can think about. Temperature difference which causes especially electronic connection or material to contract or expand. Other times, weight or pressure of other toys on these two toys might shift due to the material contraction too. But this has been the likely cause of my experience. I dare say most cases has some causes, but I would not insist for all cases as I'm not aware of your specific situation. I've known someone, which is an adult, who owned a rather old robot toy that occasionally makes some buzzing noise. The owner claims the toy does not have batteries in it and he has searched the toy for it. So far, few people with credibility have heard about it, not myself. Anyway, I still think there is a battery inside somewhere. But what's interesting to me is, can a battery last 8 to 10 years? I would admit it's supernatural if it's found to really contain no batteries. Here at Supernatural Confessions, we would like to remind you, whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there. 
When I was 8 years old, my parents were always busy due to their services in the medical field. Once in every few weeks, they would send me and my brother to our aunt's place in the police barrack. Since my uncle is a police officer and also went out stationed a lot since he's a part of Polis Hutan, now known as Pasukan Gera Am or PGA for short. To make it short, we have the weekend all to ourselves, supervised by our aunt of course. We always play around with our cousins and we will go on an adventure with them to the nearest sundry shop to buy sweets and scents worth toys. I remember very well back then Dash and Kuro were famous and we would flock over to the toys section and stare into the Tamiya toys. Those were the days when we make friends by going outside and socialize. From the stories that we've heard, I remember about some kids saying that they once saw a whole crowd of people watching what seems to be a football match, but as they rushed towards the place in hopes of catching up with the juice and syrup stalls, the crowd suddenly disappeared, as if they've just vanished into thin air. From then, we know that the barrack was haunted, but we don't really keep it in mind since all we cared about was playing and buying toys and sweets. Our part of the story starts here. First, it was a toilet that my cousins had back then. The old-style cement-only wall and floor squatting toilet. I was doing my business peacefully after a very big dinner and suddenly, I felt water being splashed onto me from the other room which was the bathroom and the bathroom and the toilet were built side by side, the old cubicle style. At first, I thought it was my cousin so I decided to turn on the water tap and fill up the bucket, you know, just to get back to him. It was all fun and laughter until suddenly I heard my cousin's laughter again but this time, it's from the kitchen. Then I froze. If my cousin's is in the kitchen, then who the hell am I playing with all this while? I tried calling out all my cousin's name one by one and replied me, Why? As he walked to the cubicles and even asked me why the floor is all wet. I asked him, Who's next door? He answered, Everyone's in the living room. I was so puzzled and freaked out a little bit as well. The second happening was quite visual. It was 3am in the morning and all of us were asleep in the living room. Well, those were the good days. It's a family tradition of ours that we all sleep in the living room together when we visit our relatives. Usually, we watch the television till the broadcast ends. For some reason, I was suddenly wide awake at that hour and not feeling like going to the toilet. Then suddenly, I saw a lady in white walking into my aunt's and uncle's room. I thought, maybe my aunt just finished doing her business and going back to sleep. Then as I turned to the other direction, I saw my auntie sleeping peacefully on the couch. And it was the scariest 40 minutes of my life. I still remember how the wooden floor shook a little, as if someone was walking on it. And the only adult at that moment was my aunt. The next day, I woke up with a terrible cold. This is among my first few memories of scary incidents. To date, there is still no answers regarding to the identity of the lady in white. Who was that? Thank you very much to the Alvin J for the sharing on our platform. Now to recall back, I used to have a pretty much the same memory as the Alvin whereby we would visit our family's house and usually the kids would sleep in the living room. We would watch television all the way until the morning comes or whenever there's an adult that gets up. Then we will get a good nagging from the adults. If you wanted to share with us your confessions, feedbacks, comments, or you think there is a way that our contents can be improved, visit us at www.supernaturalconfessions.com and send all of it to us there. The next confession is rather a short one, but this one it's by Sandra Chan. 
I always head to the office gym during lunchtime and head for a shower in the toilet after that. Overheard a couple of ladies who use the toilet that they don't go to the toilet alone. But I never knew what was the reason behind. But for me, not much female friends to go to the gym with. So I ended up using the toilet pretty much a lot of time by myself. The toilet door, brightly lit, always felt weird to me. Not scary, but just the atmosphere a little heavy. No physical sightings or anything happened until one fine day. It was like any other day. I go to the office gym during lunchtime and I head to the shower in the toilet. I finished showering and was facing the mirror and was blow drying my hair. The locker was just at my right side. So I can actually see all the lockers behind me from the mirror reflection. All the lockers were initially closed. Halfway through drying my hair, I saw from the mirror reflection, one locker behind me had slowly opened. I was spooked and I said a prayer and quickly start packing up. To leave the room, I had to walk past that row of lockers and particularly that open locker. I just walked normally and when I passed the open locker, I just closed it. That was my first time but definitely not the last. Other similar experiences in other places. Until the next time. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions Podcast. If you have your own confession, do share it with us through our website supernaturalconfessions.com Remember, you are not alone. Huh, no wonder people say going to the gym is hard work, yeah? Apart from training your own physique, you have to deal with something else that was in the gym. To continue, next one, we have a story or a confession entitled Hauntings Behind the Scene at Sentosa Spooktacular in 2014. And this confession is by IA, one of our very pioneer member. This confession took place in 2014 at Sentosa Halloween horror event titled Spooktacular. It was also the last time that they organized this event. Many people are not aware that there are prayers and blessing rituals conducted prior to running such an event. However, there are no guarantees that the haunting won't take place. I was assigned as a scare actor in one of the haunted trails that was situated up the hill. People had to climb up a steep incline to enter the main trail. There were some actors stationed along the way, but they weren't as intense as the ones on the main trail. I was in an area that wasn't that dark, but it was still really spooky in dim light. There was a door for us to exit to the back if we needed to leave the trail. This is the kind of door that can only be opened from the inside. You have to remember this part. From where I was standing, waiting for the guests to come, I saw the door opening and closing by itself. I thought to myself, our area is enclosed and there was only a ventilation fan which is far, far from the door. It won't be possible that a draft of air caused the heavy door to open and shut by itself. This definitely looks like someone is actually pushing against it. In my heart, I knew this must be something supernatural at work. I said out loud, I am here to work. Please don't disturb me, Ken. Then the door closed and did not open again. In another incident, I overheard a guest talking about how the three scare actors really spoke her out, but the thing was that in my station, there were only two scare actors. Where did the third one come from? I decided to keep this for my partner as I'm not sure she would be strong enough to handle the news. If you had attended Spooktacular, you might recall that for one of the horror trail attractions, there were a lift at the main entrance where it's filled with fake cockroaches and a scare actor. But instead of a lift door, they used a curtain to cover the entrance. 
And if you had wondered why they did so, here is the story. The door would keep breaking down only at night for no reason. The maintenance crew would come in to check but could not find anything wrong. In the day, the door would be working just fine. But in the end, they decided to go with curtains instead. There was also another incident where I saw an actor walk past me and heading into the wrong direction. So I called up to her and asked if she was going to the rest area for a break, but the person just kept knocking her head and walk. I turned to my partner to check with her, but she said she didn't see anyone. When I turned back, the actor was gone. What's weird was that we're not supposed to go by main entrance as the break room is actually at the back. So who was the person I saw? Then one night, the whole area blacked out and we were told to use torches to continue the scare while they fixed the circuits. When I did a head count for our station, I counted four people when it was supposed to be only three. Two actors and one guide crew. I counted a few times, but I still got four. I decided to ignore it and continue with the show. After the lights came on, I did the head count again and this time we got the correct number. With all the complaints and sightings from the crew and some of the guests, management decided to re-bless the whole trail again and this time crew members with no religious protection of their own were given something to prevent any more bad vibes. Now listening to this, as a non-Singaporean, I finally knew that there was something else at Sentosa apart from the fun attraction. Here at Supernatural Confessions, we would like to remind you whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there. So we have nearly hit the mark of 50 minutes on this podcast. Well, we gotta say thank you to the feedback of our listeners telling us they need more of our podcast. So we have decided to produce a longer episode of our Wednesday podcast. Once again, we hope that you guys will love all this content, this confessions, storytelling, and all supernatural. And we ask for nothing in return but your love and sharing. If you could share this out with your family members, your friends, or whoever that you think might enjoy our content. And hopefully with that, our community could go even bigger. And when we have more members, there would be more confessions that come in that we could share it with you. So here is the last confession for this week's of Wednesday podcast. And this one is from Danny Chu. More than 20 years ago, we were out on a hiking trip in the off-road mud tracks of McGreechie Reservoir as part of a uniform group training. One of the platoons got lost in the process even when we are all supposed to take the same route but with different set of timings. For safety reasons, the other platoons that are still tracking was told to stop and gather at an open space. In the end, it took close to an hour to locate the lost platoon and we had to track the remaining distance in darkness as that time it was already past 7 in the evening. As the last platoon to set off, I volunteered to be the last man. To avoid scaring ourselves, we were not allowed to use torchlights. Instead, we place a hand on the shoulder of the person in front and the first man will use the moonlight to illuminate the path while looking out for the light stick markers that serve to mark the route. While walking, I felt something staring from my left, so I instinctively looked over. Under the limited pale moonlight, I saw the outline of something that resembles a human, standing near what looks like a tombstone. Curiosity prompted me to stare and take a better look at what was around 20 or maximum 30 meters from us, shrouded by shadows of the trees. That is when I realized it was a Japanese soldier. 
I could see the clear outline of the flap of the Japanese soldier's cap around the neck, the tip of his rifle with the bayonet attached and his shoulders, but there was just an eerie darkness where his face is, yet I could feel that he was staring back at me. It froze me in my tracks for a split second before the guy in front of me tapped on my hand on his shoulder and asked me, why are you not walking? I broke out of the trance of its stare and carried on with a, oh, nothing, reply to my platoon mate in front. The only thing in my mind at that moment was, please leave us alone. We are only passing through. Please leave us alone. We are only, only passing through. Leave us alone. I could feel the ice cold stare at my back as we walked on. I was really glad though we emerged from the forest without any other incident. However, my happiness was short-lived. For months after that, I would regularly hear a voice calling out to me from behind, especially at night. When I turned around, there would be either no one there, or no one I knew of, or who would know my name. Finally, I caved in and told my mother what happened, and we went to a medium for help, and with his guidance on how to do a prayer, we managed to pacify the spirit. Since then, I have not had a similar experience where there is no one, but I hear my name being called. We have come to the end of this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate us with a 5-star review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast on. Go on and tell your friends and family about us. You can find more of our content on YouTube, Facebook and our website. Search for keyword Supernatural Confessions. If you or someone you know have a confession to make, visit supernaturalconfessions.com. You can send it in text, voice memo, or even video format. Let us know if you want your identity to be kept secret. Supernatural Confessions is created by Eugene Tay. Until the next episode, my name is Kim, your host for this podcast series signing off with Whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there.